0: Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined from beautiful Louisville, Kentucky by Dave Lackford. Dave, how's it going?
1: What's up, brother? Good to be back. Let's do it.
0: Uh, of course, we didn't have a show on Sunday. People were saying, Woody, where is the Sunday show? Well, take it up with Josh McQuistian, who uh, ghosted me. I, I You know, I, I, I'm not out there in the dating world, Lackford, but I know what it's like to be ghosted now.
1: Okay, I thought it was McQuistain. So
0: <laughs> okay. all right. that's it. Don't talk anymore about it. Uh obviously uh Josh was working late because uh Oklahoma lost that game and then they fired the defensive coordinator on Sunday and it was kind of like uh, willy-nilly it wasn't time to get Lackford as a replacement. We had all types of stuff cooking over here. So uh, we apologize. We'll be back with the show this Sunday, although I do not know who my guest is because Nobody wants to agree ahead of time because the team I asked to come on loses every week. It doesn't even matter if they're favored, uh, which is what happened uh, this past week. So uh, Rob is not with us again, as you probably hear. He is traveling. He's in New York. We went to record on Wednesday and my power went out. We're beginning to wonder if there's a Nick Kruger curse as uh, we've had technical issues every episode uh, since, uh, Nick left us. So, <laughs> uh, we need your support more than ever. Please leave us a review on iTunes, tell a friend, and uh, we're going to jump right into the games. Lackford you're, you're in this uh, legendary pool of yours. Oh, you know, you got, it's a picks pool. You're putting up all types of, uh, picks every week. So we pick some hard games. We'll see if you pick them correctly. I am, guess what? I am above water. I am 16 and 14 on the season uh rob is eight and two coach brown went three and two last week in his guest appearance and nick finished at 13 and 12 uh so i'm doing much better than my 20 and 38 last season i'm already uh, only four games
1: away i can clinch it this week so all right well I'm, i'm 66 and 56 i'm 18th out of 44 people i'm struggling i had a bad week last week i went Three and nine, it's, it's, it's been a debacle for me. But I'm trying to pick myself off the mat, unlike Conor McGregor, and, and get back in this fight.
0: Okay, let's jump into it. The first game, Washington, a three-point favorite going on the road to Oregon. This one in Eugene, a fierce rivalry. Of course, uh, dating back years, Oregon had won, I believe, 12 in a row. Washington, I think, has won the last three, including uh, the last time they were in Eugene, uh, they took advantage of that 4-8 season, and Washington beat them. Uh, they ran up to score. I think it was 60-plus, uh, and Oregon is wearing these weird blue uniforms, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> we're, were weird at the time. But guess what, Dave? I'm taking the Ducks. you give giving me points at home. I'm taking the Ducks, and I'm taking the Ducks money line. I don't think Washington is that good. I think Oregon should have won that Stanford game. And uh, with the way Washington struggled at UCLA last week, now they got to go on the road again. Give me the Ducks to uh, cover that spread, and, and like I said, guess take the money line at three points.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, Washington struggled to beat a bad UCLA team on the road. They got to travel in the uh, Eugene, um, you know. And, and as Mike Leach will tell you, Austin is the most is the loudest stadium in the Pac-12. Uh, it's going to be a, a good game. Um, the three points does give me a little bit of pause there, I, I will say. I, I think this could end up being a, you know, a two-point game or a one-point game. So, um, But I, I got to roll with the Ducks here, plus three. I think they pull it off. Let's say they, they win this one
0: 27-21. Okay. All right, moving on. Georgia going on the road, another road favorite. There's a lot of road. You you know what you'd be smart to do, Dave. If you're a betting person, maybe not for your picks pool, just just take some of these home dogs uh, on the money line because uh, LSU, a a 7.5-point underdog at home against Georgia. Obviously, LSU lost to Florida last week. Georgia's been rolling along. I'm going to take LSU in this one, not to win outright, but 7.5 is a lot of points. I think it could be a slugfest between these two teams. I think... You know, LSU's offense obviously has had issues, but, you know, Georgia's also had some problems, especially running the ball. I think we're going to see some more Justin Fields. Uh, and I think, you know, this is one of those games where Georgia can't be sloppy uh, like they had been in some of the other games like against Missouri. Uh, I think LSU could take advantage of that with their defense. So I'm going to cover, but I think Georgia wins. Dave, what do you think?
1: I'm going to go against you on this one. I think that I think Georgia wins 31 to 17 over the Tigers. I think the Tigers are too mistake prone on offense. Uh, they're 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 just they don't scare me offensively. Um, the Georgia special teams is dynamic. I think uh, you got to watch out for playmakers like Nicole Carl, uh, Nicole Hardman to make a couple plays. I, I think the Bulldogs. I think it's tight in like the mid third quarter. Few mistakes loom, and I think Georgia pounces on those errors, and I think they they win uh, going away easily on this one. So I'm gonna go ahead with the dogs.
0: All right, let me tell you something, Dave. You and Mikel Harden would have got along like uh, two peas in a pod. Uh, what a character he was one of the uh, one of the most unique characters you'd find uh, you know any any day any place. Uh, I wish they'd let him. He doesn't seem to talk, but you don't seem to hear from him. Um, it's weird because these guys go to college. You're so used to hearing them do so many interviews and then it's, it's nothing for a long time. So, uh, give us back Meikle. He's going to be real fun when he gets to the NFL. I think a lot of people are going to like him. Uh, Wisconsin, eight and a half point underdog going to Michigan uh, last week I picked against Michigan. They were seventeen point favorites. They covered that easily. I still don't think they can blow out Wisconsin, though. I think they win this game, but I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover. That's a big number, eight and a half, especially against a Michigan team. It just doesn't really blow people out. Uh, Dave?
1: Yeah, um I it's it's a tough man. I, I hate that eight and a half point spread right there. If if the uh if the badge if it was seven, I, I think I would I would go with Michigan, but eight and a half for Wisconsin, who plays uh air free conservative ball. They have a good defense, um, strong running game. They got one of the best running backs in the country. I, I think that they cover the eight and a half point spread. Um I, I like the I like the eight and a half, so I gotta take Wisconsin on this one. I don't know if I I, I know I don't know if Michigan wins this game, but you give me eight and a half points with Wisconsin, I gotta go with the Badgers on this.
0: Okay. All right, moving on. Next up uh, Texas A&M, a two-point favorite going on the road to South Carolina. Texas A&M beat Kentucky in a very good game last week, went to overtime. South Carolina also beat Missouri with their backup quarterback, which uh, shocked a lot of people. The Jake Bentley is supposed to be back and healthy this week. I'm wondering if maybe that injury was why he was kind of struggling like he was earlier, so we'll see if a week off maybe he had a chance to let him heal. This one is tough. I'm just going to take South Carolina just because – they're getting points at home, and I, I, I don't think there's a, whole, a big difference between these two teams. So uh, give me the Gamecocks, but I am not confident either way. Dave, what do you think?
1: Yeah, this is a tough one right here. a um, and struggled with a one-dimensional Kentucky team. Uh, Kentucky needed a scoop and score to uh, get it to overtime. There were some questionable play calls, not giving it to Beanie Snell in that last one. Uh, I think think the Aggies um, are a better team than we've seen so far, but I also think that the return of Bentley bodes well for South Carolina. They can run the ball, and I think Bentley's going to be able to throw it, um, and I I think that Muschamp is looking for some revenge on Jimbo here. Uh, Gamecocks are getting two points. I think they win this one by three. Uh, 27 to 24. Give me South Carolina.
0: All right. And last but not least, we picked this one just because it's a weird spread. Uh, Tennessee, 15 and a half point underdogs going on the road to Auburn. Auburn obviously has been struggling offensively. I think this is the uh, just the right type of medicine they need. Uh, should be a fun one with Jeremy Pruitt leading in there, going you know going down there. Tennessee had the week off to prepare as well, but I think Auburn is going to be come out angry here. They've been playing uh, not so hot lately. So even though it's a big spread, I think they beat Tennessee probably by seventeen or more. So uh, give me the Tigers, Dave. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to roll with Auburn here. Tennessee's just not a good football team right now. Uh, give up some time, give Coach Pruitt some time. But um, I mean, Tennessee has struggled against all the Power Five teams they play. West Virginia, they whooped them. Georgia, Georgia put the whooping on them. Florida, Florida scored 47 points on these guys. So I think this is just what a struggling offense wants to see in a Tennessee defense. And give me the Tigers to, to cover the 15 point spread by about two. I think they went by 17. I'm going to say 37 20.
0: All right. So we, we agree on a lot of games, which is not a good sign usually for you, Dave, if you agree with me. Uh, we agree on Oregon. We disagree on uh, the LSU-Georgia game. And we agree on Wisconsin. We agree on South Carolina. And we agree on Auburn. So only one pick uh, separates us, Dave. We could be in the, the bottom of the basement together or we could be riding high. So we'll see how that works out. Let's jump into the topics you sent me this story today. You wanted to talk about it. Pat Fitzgerald, <laughs> bringing the heat. We, we, we got to get him on the podcast because uh, we've been talking about him a lot lately, including he was the one whose uh, comment uh, led to Rob being absent for so long. Uh, when he was talking about uh, the communism RPO situation. So (laughs) uh, Pat Fitzgerald comes out and says, here's the headline from USA Today, and uh, Kevin Allen wrote the story. Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald warns coaches to not be creepy adult when recruiting. Uh, So he he said they need to, I think there's a fine line between building a genuine relationship and being a creepy adult, Fitzgerald said this week, uh, Fitzgerald said, if a coach is texting these kids, good morning, have a great lunch and good night sunshine. Then you've got problems, man, in my humble
1: opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so a, hold on. Have a great lunch. <laughs> <laughs> if, Woody, I don't You work from home, but I'm a guy that, that has lunch. Right. And I, I, uh, work at downtown in Louisville here and there's not, there's, there's only so many options you can walk to with, uh, you know, your 45-minute allotted lunch break. Lunch is just like uh, a practical thing. You go out there, you knock the hunger off, you come back to work, right? If somebody tells me to have a great lunch, you're the most banal, cliche person in the world and I automatically hate you. So if if I got USC texting me to have a great lunch, I'm scratching USC off my list right now. I'm going to Washington, you know what I mean? No, no way. I agree with Coach Fitz on this. I love Coach Fitz. Coach Fitz is a... Coach Fitz is a guy who is a good coach who is at Northwestern. He's embedded there. He's never going to leave. I, I can't see Coach Fitz leaving. Is he one of those guys that's just out of school, who's like a middle-of-the-road program that's just there? You know, is he Bill Snyder? Do you see him as that guy?
0: No, I think he's going to go to the NFL at some point just because he's limited in what he can do at Northwestern. I think NFL teams would like him. They would kind of like his. And and this even lends more credence to that vibe that he's clearly not a big fan of recruiting. So let's talk about it though more in general. I mean, I can attest that different types of players require, you know, different handling with these relationships. I tend to find that offensive linemen are, are definitely more willing to joke around with you. Uh, Same with quarterbacks, quarterbacks, you know, can be the most sarcastic and uh, definitely the sharpest in terms of like firing shots at you for sure. When they need to, uh, they're not afraid to to ruffle your feathers either. I just think it's one of those things. Uh, it's one of those things where it's a, it's an individual case by case basis. Obviously, wide receivers they want attention. Show me the love. I'm not feeling the love. You know, they want uh, edit. They want all this stuff. It's just different different players. I mean, I remember once this is a funny story. We were trying to get somebody signed up for uh, uh, the rivals camp in Florida, right?
1: Uh,
0: and he lived halfway between uh, Orlando and Miami. So Rob hit him up and said, hey, you know, uh, uh, you want to come to the Rivals camp in Orlando? He said, oh, no, I can't make it that weekend. He said, oh, well, good, because next weekend we're in Miami. And he's like, oh, I I don't think I want to go to that one. And Rob was like, what's the matter? Are you afraid? (laughs) And he never hit him back again. Now, some kids you say that to, and they'll be like, no, sir, and they'll jump right on it. And they'll be like, who you calling, you know? this kid just never talked to Rob again. Uh, and he ended up going to a school in the sec and he has already transferred out. So, uh, take that as you will. But some kids you can challenge like that. You can, you can, you can tease them a little bit. And some kids, you just, you just can't. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, having an interaction like that with some of the kids at the California camp one time where I said, uh, uh I told them that everyone says they're soft in the South and they were like, well, tell them to come down here. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to wait,
1: uh, you to wait around here for, uh, for them to come to you. You know. All right. All right. Uh, Here's what we do. We'll break it down position by position. Which positions can you tell to have a great lunch? Now, I think you could tell linemen, offensive and defensive linemen. You could tell them to have a great lunch because they're all about lunch, right? Because they're big guys. They're trying to eat. So if you tell if you told your your linemen to have a great lunch, they're going to kind of be like, "Yeah, I'm about to attack this lunch, coach." Word. Right, but you can't tell any position to uh good night sunshine, right? What what position needs a good morning tweet though? I think I think quarterbacks quarterbacks might need a good morning tweet, right? Because you know, now they're transferring out. They you gotta let these these guys know you're thinking about them all the time, and you're the first thing on their mind, right? Because they gotta know that their position secure. So quarterbacks are definitely a good morning tweet bunch. What about wide receivers? Do wide receivers need a good morning tweet, or do they need all three?
0: They need everything. They need all the above. They need, but the problem is quarterbacks don't need a good morning tweet. They need like some type of quote attack the day type situation. You know, that's what a lot of these guys feed off of. Uh, feed off of you know the the, I don't know the inspirational stuff. I mean DBs for sure. You know they they, <laughs> they, they want DBs want that as well. I just think I, I get what he's saying. And I I think I know who he's talking about. <laughs> that's the thing, is I think he's talking about other uh, specific other coaches. Don't you think this is this is like a subtweet type situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well
1: who's the who's the coach that you guys were talking about on the podcast that's that sent uh, an exponentially larger amount of tweets than any other coach? We were talking about it not too long ago. Who was it uh who had so many tweets? Was it was it Texas? <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. No, I don't know about that one because uh, you guys talked re-
1: about it. Who was it? Man, I can't remember who it was, but it was something like that. This one coach sent out like over 600 tweets to one recruit.
0: Right, it's crazy. I mean, th- and that's what we used to get. You know, it used to be even five years ago, Dave. We'd be hearing about, oh, I got this many letters. Remember, we don't even hear about really mail anymore. Yeah,
1: the dude, the dude from Tennessee that uh, Pruitt said took a took a picture in a bathtub. With all of his letters. What was his name? That's your guy, the linebacker.
0: Oh, Corte Sap. Yeah. yeah,
1: remember he's in the bathtub and he's like so many options on this Twitter thing, and he had all those those uh, letters right there. It's all about it's all about crafting a brand, you know. You wanna make yourself and as much as we talk about these college football players not getting any money they are very savvy. They're they're social media savvy and they're crafting a brand and they're trying to make it seem like they are a top commodity. And as much as you may think it's repulsive, these kids are commodified. There is a market and and we do it. We do it all the time. What do we say? Stock up, stock down, right? I mean, we're, we're treating these kids like commodities and that's just the way it is. If you don't like it, don't follow recruiting. But that's what it is and these kids are pushing their brand, you know? The you, you garner a lot of hype from the boosters from the fan base when you might get a kid who's a four star. Uh...
0: Oh, sorry, Dave. Whoa, what was that? That was like someone's commitment video auto played on my uh... All
1: right, don't don't tweet it out yet before <laughs> Don't hit publish on that button, but uh, that's for another that's for another podcast after the fact when the tensions die down. But yo, <laughs> think about what I'm saying to you right now, right? All everybody needs to cut through the clutter because social media is just cluttered. Everyone has a mask, right? Everyone has a brand. Everyone has a filter on who they are. And these kids, they have to cut through the clutter and say, "Yo, I'm the guy," you know. And and people hate that. I don't care what it is. Go out there and push your brand because you know what? You're trying to get to the bag. You're trying to get to a, a, a college education. You're trying to put the fan pressure on the coaching staff to start you, right? You want to be the guy on the bench that the fan base is clamoring for, that the media is clamoring for, clamoring for to put you in there. And if you're not getting that kind of love, you're transferring out. So I think that – where we are kind of appalled by the fact that these high school kids are commodified, I think they're buying into it. And I think anyone that's savvy enough to push their brand is out there taking a picture in a bathtub. And I think these kids want the good morning, have a good lunch and good night sunshine tweets that we sit here and think are repulsive. I don't think it's that way. If you change the lens to the perspective of a recruit, what do you think? Is, 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 is coach fits out of touch right now? No, he's not out of touch. He's got to recruit different types of
0: players to fit his team and his, you know, his mentality. I think there are a lot of guys who, you know, don't quite get as caught up into it. Obviously we're dealing, we're sort of skewed because we're dealing with the guys who are most caught up in the recruiting process because that's who we're talking to a lot. But I mean, I don't begrudge any kid, you know, that, that's one of the things that 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 sucks is that these guys can't, you know, monetize, uh, you know, their name. Obviously, you know, we're helping make them more famous heading into college now. Probably once they get there, what can they do with it? You know, I mean, we saw Leonard Fournette couldn't even sell T-shirts when he was in high school. So, um, you know, I think it's I think it's one of those things where, it, you know, Fitz isn't out of touch, but he he's going to be. In five to ten years you right, know right. I just think it's going to get more and more where these kids realize you know uh and and Herm Edwards our boy has often says use football don't let football use you or some you know variants of that absolutely
1: uh, absolutely and I'll tell you what when I joined the Marine Corps my recruiter told me this he said the Marine Corps is going to get all they can get out of you. Make sure you can get all you can get out of them. And those are wise words. And and you know what? It's we're, We live in a capitalist society, right? And everybody has a value on them. So a high school kid trying to get recruited has a certain value. Now, we might look at it and say, well, they're getting ripped off, right? But it doesn't matter to that kid because that kid is trying to get on. And then when he gets to the next echelon, then he needs to cash in on that echelon. So you take it on a step by step progress. And so if you're a high school kid trying to get recruited, you want as many offers, as many options, as many schools recruiting you, because guess what? You may not actually get paid a contract, but each different school has a different stipend that you get. And I may be getting a little too esoteric here. <laughs> but but it was worth
0: it. Just- Oh, is this worth it just to hear you say esoteric?
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, though, like these kids I talked to and I'm like, well, what was one of the decisions that went into you choosing a school? And, I, and these kids are getting smarter and smarter as time goes on because they've got trainers. They've got they've got uh, their parents are smarter and they're looking at the financial aid packages and they're looking at the scholarship money. And they're saying, you know what? At the end of every semester, I take home this amount of money. And it's true. And if we watch Last Chance U, you, you know, we watched Last Chance U and, and the short kid uh, that went to Texas Tech. He was talking about how much money he was getting there versus um, what it is to be at a community college. He's like, man, I got so much money. I was buying, you know, these Jordans. I, I had money to send home to my mom, you know, and, and and that's real. And that's that's sanctioned by the NCAA. There's no violation of what you get in, in, in that money right there in that stipend money. So some schools have a bigger grant than other schools and some schools get more money. So Oregon Oregon has a nice stipend and you say how do they, how does Oregon get all these kids? Well, at the end of the day, legally through the NCAA, these kids take home mm. more money. So most most recruit nicks don't know that, but that pay that plays into the decision.
0: Yeah, well, keep getting them checks. That's what I say. So uh, that was a long, convoluted way of saying talking about something funny. We got to get Fitzgerald on the show. So let's let's put that on the old uh, let's put that on the old agenda. Rob Cassidy, if you listen to this show, you would hear this. Please,
1: <laughs> and, and if we get if we get Coach Fitz on here, I don't want I want to be on it and no softball questions. It's it's hard hitting questions on Fitz. You know, it's like, hey, how do you compete in the Big Ten when Ohio State? you know is out there comparing your wide receiver production to their wide wide receiver production not saying that Ohio State and and Northwestern go head to head but I, I know some kids who go head to head with the school they want to go to and then they go up there and they visit Ohio State and they put a they they put the projector on a wall and they say here's what our your position do here's what the players at the other school you're trying to go to do production wise that production translates to film, that production translates to scouts looking at you, and they can't compete with us. And that's why you see kids going to Ohio State and sitting in the bench for two, three years and then trying to get that production. Because you know, it only takes one good year of film to get drafted. Shout out to Mitch yeah. Whiskey. you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's let's keep it moving because uh, I got stuff to do around here today coordinators getting fired left and right. It's that top of the year. The biggest one, of course, uh, Mike, Sto- Mike Stoops. <laughs> I, I always struggle which Stoops is which, Yay. uh, Bob, Mark is Mark is the coach of Kentucky. So it was Mike. I was correct. He gets fired after the Oklahoma, Texas game. Uh, also I saw that Kansas just fired their offensive coordinator, which I guess doesn't come as a surprise because Kansas is kind of struggling, but they're doing better than we expected. I think they got two wins. Um, so, this is kind of an interesting question, Dave. This going to impact recruiting, especially depending on the school, because a lot of these kids fall in love with the coordinators. Now, do I think it's going to impact Oklahoma's recruiting? No, because a lot of the guys I talked to there have not said, you know, I've, I've not heard them say, you know, hey, I love Mike Stoops. You know, it's a lot of times they're specific position coaches. But, uh, you know, what's your take on firing a coach in season? Do you think this is going to have a major impact for Oklahoma? What can really change? I mean, the personnel's not changing. The scheme's not changing. Uh, so what do you think?
1: I mean, I'm a big fan of rip the Band-Aid off. You know, if the guy's not – if you play your rivalry, if you play a rivalry game, if you play the Red River uh, – what do they call it now, PC? The showdown because shootout. <laughs> oh, no, I might get triggered by that word. But um, if, you, if, you, if you lose to Texas – and you've been beaten Texas, right? And then you lose to Texas. You got, Somebody has to be a sacrificial lamb. And is it justified in that situation? Sure. Look at Louisville. Brian Van Gorder is the guy who talked trash when he took over Paul Johnson's squad. And Paul Johnson's your guy, right? You've had him on the podcast. He's a friend of the pod, Yes. I suppose, yeah. Okay. So remember when uh, Van Gorder took over for him at Georgia State, and he said, well, we're going to run an offense from the 21st century, right? Well, guess what, man? Paul Johnson's medieval offense just put up 560 freaking rushing yards on you and scored nine touchdowns. They threw like four passes all game. They blew you out. If there's anybody that needs to get fired, it's Brian Van Gorder, right? But – the situation in Louisville is so grim because Bobby Petrino has such a bad reputation with hiring other coordinators that they have to keep this guy that everybody laughed at when they hired. So, I mean, you know, they just can't afford to replace him. So it, it, I think that it's, it's, it's functional to fire a coordinator who just obviously cannot get the job done. You know, um, staring daggers at Walt Bell and FS at FSU, even though Walt probably doesn't call the plays. Man, that <laughs> offense is inept. You know what I mean? So, and do do you've said it on this podcast before? You ask a kid who who a coach is, they don't know. You know what I mean? If if you here's what it is: if you fire a coordinator and you got a good recruiting class, just up to stipend. <laughs> That's my take on firing coordinators right there
0: uh well it 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 is uh i i think it can make an impact it's hard to make too much of an impact in season uh and 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 getting back to how paul johnson would be about the least person i would expect to be that petty to run up the score did you find it you know i know you live in louisville what did the fans there excuse me what did the fans there think and did you find it as humorous as i did that he was You know, running up the score and and, uh, really pouring it on.
1: I was I was uh, filming the um, Western Hills Lexington Catholic game. Right. So I was out there watching Wandale Robinson and uh, Bo Allen uh, put on a show and so over the broadcast system they kept they kept announcing the louisville score right so uh these two teams hate each other right and and there's no visitor bleacher out there they all sit on the same side of the field and every time they would announce the louisville score the crowd would erupt in laughter (laughs) so um louisville fans here are very angry they want bobby petrino's head but um as you may know louisville is in um a lot of financial trouble. They just, they're paying their, uh, they're paying their former basketball coach, potentially Um, they're paying their old president. They're paying their former athletic director. They just hired a new athletic director and they just cut Papa John off who was paying them a lot of money to keep that name on the stadium. They cannot afford to fire Bobby Petrino who has a $14 million buyout. and would pretty much be making $4 million over the next, Three years and then hire a new coach, or at least hire a coach. That would be better than Bobby Petrino. <laughs> so they are just screwed, and the uh, Louisville fans have pretty much just tuned out the football. They just put a new, um, they put a new uh, section in the football stadium that has an Adidas logo at the top, and that is brilliant brand placement by Adidas because that section of the field will be vacant for the next three years. And anytime that is on network television, you'll be w- looking at Adidas brand placement, brilliantly done. So shout out to Adidas. All
0: right, Lackford, the last time you were on, we got shited for talking about Louisville too much. So I was was more talking.
1: (laughs) I'm talking about Adidas, you know what I mean?
0: I was more talking about, I wanted you to talk about Paul Johnson uh, rubbing it in. But I I loved it. I I loved every minute. The
1: local people on the radio were the ones who hit me to the fact that Van Gorder talked trash about Paul Johnson not having a 21st century offense. And um, they were surprised that he ran the score up, but they understood it. And I think everybody gets it don't talk trash if you don't if you ain't got the muscle to, to back that up.
0: Well, I just love it that, that that it was sort of like everybody knew it while it was happening. It wasn't like, you know, hey, we just went out there and executed. They did though.
1: Here's what it is. They didn't even run the score up. They just ran the triple option and they couldn't stop it. It's not like they were out there dropping back, uh, throwing 80-yard passes down the field. They're just running the ball and Louisville can't stop it. I don't even think they really ran a score up. I just think Louisville's defense was that and that. It's like, all right, we're just going to run the clock out. Oh, we just broke a 60-yard run. <laughs> It wasn't even running the, the clock up. It was just, let's go back to the woodshed and see what you were talking about before the game, you know? Uh,
0: so so moving on, we my Twitter mentions have just been full of, oh, Georgia decommitments. Oh, Georgia. So, so first, Jaden Hazel would decommit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which,
1: where's he, which, where's in, he
0: going? Where's he going? Well, we'll talk about that, but that was a genuine surprise. He's a five star, he's the number three player in the country. Then Jalen Perry decommits. Now, if you follow me closely in our new future cast tool, uh, you know that I'm first of all, you know that I'm filling in in the state of Texas for our boy, uh, the departed Nick. So I immediately took that as a sign that uh, Lewis signed was going to commit to Georgia soon. I put in the pick for him. He committed today. So, I mean, do the math there, Dave. Uh, you know, they needed a spot. They opened it up. Jalen Perry decommitted essentially a mutual parting of ways, right? It, uh, yeah, quote, unquote, mutual. Okay. So then then JT Bertrand, who is a four-star linebacker, also decommits. And uh, it was definitely another mutual parting of ways. It's kind of like cutting season. And I've talked to a lot of people about this. And this is some people worried about the, the new transfer rules may lead to more recruits getting cut. The bottom line is Georgia took both those commitments early. They probably decided to let the guys know now, hey, you know, uh, 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 you probably would have a better opportunity to play somewhere else. You know, we love you, blah, blah, blah. And, and we see it every year. But the the reaction was that George is falling apart. It's like, you know, I think we need to do some, we need to be a little smarter about, think about it. They're like, they're the number two team in the nation. They're undefeated. Uh, They lost on the last second play of the game in the national championship. Do we really think recruits are, jumping ship and mass?
1: no absolutely not and i mean georgia put together an epic recruiting class last year maybe the best recruiting class of all time right so if these kids are getting jettisoned now i think that you know georgia is is riding the hype train you know early in the season these kids were hyped up they they had a lot of ranking they had a lot of pool um but then the evaluation process starts be be careful of the fool fool's gold in the summertime you know what i mean because the the college season starts and they start sending coaches out to watch you play. And then you out there looking like, you know, uh, maybe you're you're not Georgia. Maybe you're Vanderbilt level. Hey, you know what? It'd be best if you seek opportunities elsewhere, by the way, we're going to take this kid from Texas. Just want to let you know. So, uh, you know, do what you will with that. And then these kids decommit and they go somewhere else. That's what's up. See you later. I think that's all fair and well. Uh, I think that's um, being upfront by the coaching staff. And so, George is doing it right, you know. They're they're out with the old and with the new, um, and they just keep the hype train going. You know, we lose a guy, but we replace a guy. George is is recruiting at a level um, that's elite. They're recruiting at Alabama levels right now, and so they're they're going to be legit for years to come if they're able to keep this up. And like you said, you know, we we have to be more discerning, be more of a discerning mind when you watch the recruiting game. You can't call yourself a recruitnik and fall victim to the traps.
0: Well, and I, that's the thing is I think Twitter's made it a lot more accessible for a lot of casual fans. So you'll get casual fans being like, you know, like, like somebody decommitted from Louisville the other day, right? And then I see people in my – and he tagged me in the tweet. I see people in the mentions like attacking the kid, you know? And I'm just like, you know, no, I won't respect your decision. It's like,
1: come, come on, man. Right, well, <laughs> let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're talking about Latari Kinsley, right? From uh, Kinsler, sorry, <laughs> Kinsley. I'm name dropping. I don't care. Yo, look.
0: I know. I said we're not going to sit here and talk about Louisville the whole podcast. So what's here?
1: We're not talking about Louisville. We're talking about a kid who. Who, who grabbed the spot early when he was a relative unknown. He's blown up. He's a four-star now. He's going to get a ton of offers. He's a uh, prototypical high school defensive edge rusher, right? He's long and skinny, so you could throw him in a weight room and put 40 pounds on him. So he's going to end up being 6'4", 240 pounds by the time he's a sophomore, and that's 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 what people want now. That's the new mold, and the spread offense right you have to have big long athletic edge rushers who can attack the edge the perimeter and put the clock on the quarterback right so that kid is a hot commodity and let's let's face it Louisville is stock way down they might not win another game right you can't hate on that kid for decommitting and also if I got a Louisville fan in my just talking <laughs> trash to me I'm, I'm, I'm brushing that dirt off my shoulder you know what I mean What if
0: if you have a fan of this podcast talking trash to you for continually talking about Louisville when
1: we said not to? I I, I can agree with that too. You know what I mean? You don't got to respect my decision, but I'm not talking about Louisville. I'm talking about a four-star kid decommitting from a school he's better than. How about that?
0: Okay. All right. That's your opinion. All right. Let's get back to Hazelwood. So there, you know, he routinely was at, Auburn I think he visited four or five six times I think you know his parents have visited Auburn and all this time he was committed to Georgia and there was a lot of talk you know from fans and the respective media oh he's not gonna he's not gonna decommit he's solid with the uh he's solid with the dogs he committed so early but then he decommits and he goes and takes a visit to Miami I went ahead and put in my pick for Miami I think that's where he ends up I, I know they're worried about Auburn. I know that Auburn's probably most worried about Miami. It uh, just seems like George is out of the equation here. I think this is one of the cases where he just emerged so early on the scene and he committed so early that it, it's almost worse for Georgia because they end up having to try to hold on to the kid harder than if he was uncommitted and they were just recruiting him to commit at the end, like with someone like Nico Hardman or, or Terry Godwin or like that did. I mean, uh, what uh, – were you shocked when he decommitted? And what was your kind of general takeaway? Where do you think he ends up, Dave?
1: Yeah, I was absolutely shocked when he decommitted. I remember him being at the five-star challenge. And I remember, I think it was maybe you or somebody else who asked where one of his friends was going to commit. And he was like, nah, ain't no snitching over here, you know. <laughs> I like that kid. I think he's funny. Um, but here's what I think, man. You got Justin Fields, at quarterback, who's who's the next in line. He's going to be the guy when you're a sophomore, why are you leaving that school to go to? You're gonna go play for Nico's Perry or whatever his name is down in Miami. He looked terrible against Florida State. <laughs> okay, all right. Dave. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm just saying. Like, I don't get his line of thinking right there. You know. Um, so is Miami really the spot for him? Maybe he was mad that uh, Georgia wasn't sending him. Uh, you know, text saying have a good lunch. You know, maybe Georgia picks up. the I think Georgia's still in it. You think Georgia's eliminated from that?
0: Uh, I think th- I personally just, the, you know, especially right after it happened, I just got the vibe. Like, it just seemed like, you know, I don't know what happened, but I, the vibe I was going to, I mean, I may be wrong. I've been wrong. I thought I, you know, I didn't think Justin Fields was going to end up there when, when he first decommitted from, uh, Penn state, but uh, I don't know. I just, I just get the vibe. Like it's, it seems like he's, you know, kind of wants to get away from the area. You know, he lives right, right, right in my same city in the he's in the deck here in, uh, in DeKalb County and Decatur, Georgia, so uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll run down the street and see him. But I, I don't know. I get the vibe that he's trying to get out of here.
1: What is it? What is it about Miami's roster that's appealing to a young wide receiver like him? Well, I mean,
0: let's—you you, could say what you want about Perry, but he's only started like two games, you know. So, and it's not like their—it's not like their receivers don't put up numbers.
1: It's Nikosi Perry, by the way. My bad.
0: Well, who did I say? No, I slaughtered his name. That's my. Fault. Oh well, you mess up like fifty names a show, so.
1: Um, My bad, bad, Nicole C. Perry
0: (laughs) I'm not going to, Dave, if I corrected you every time you messed up somebody's name I mean, we'd be here all day So uh, I I take it kind of like my mom, you know, my mom is uh, from New York uh, And she often, you know, she, she invents her own words So I put you in that category because of your Philadelphia roots Basically the same thing, right?
1: Yeah, we truncate sentences into words in Philly (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh so you don't think so you think he ends up back at Georgia, that's what
1: you're saying? No, I don't think he ends up back at Georgia. It's just that the decommitment didn't make any sense to me. And so I can't rule Georgia out because he's a hometown kid and he's gonna go to and then he's a five star, so it's not like He's some unknown commodity that the fan base is going to be clamoring to replace if he doesn't produce early, you know, but I just think that that made the most sense for him. And and I I just don't get my, how many commitments does Miami have already? I feel like their class is almost full.
0: Yeah, it, uh, that the, you want to talk about cutting people. They always cut people on a stretch. They, they take like 25 commits like a year and a half out and then just sort of, Sort of mold it from there. Shave like like the like the Euro meat, uh, you know, on the big thing where you it's a big thing of meat and you shave it off to make the little uh, Euro, You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Dave? Yeah, no doubt. That, that's what it's the, that's what it's like. Yeah, he's the, the shawarma. You know, you shave the shawarma right. off. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, so those are our. You know, Dave doesn't know where he's going for some reason. I think it's Miami. I put the pick in at that. I'm going to keep it at that. Uh, but what i'm trying to say with this whole topic is that this this georgia discussion of the skies falling is vastly overrated they lost one commitment from a the kid they wanted the other two guys they obviously let go and we're going to see that that the reason why i brought it up is cuz this is not a georgia issue we're going to see a lot of decommitments especially leading into early signing period of guys you know scrambling to end up in somewhere else we saw it last year we see it every year sometimes you know speaking of speaking of your beloved louisville dave when they cut Matt
1: Colburn, mm. I mean Wake Forest, poor, shout out, man, that was a, that was a huge backlash. He was he was Mister Georgia, wasn't he, or North? He South was South no, Carolina. He was South Carolina. South Carolina. Was Mr. <laughs> and I
0: remember talking to him, and he was basically in tears uh, until we were his parents, and you know, Mister Woody, can you help me at all? What can you know? Yeah, uh, uh, and guess what? He'd be by far that Louisville's best running back, and he would have been for several seasons, don't you think?
1: Um, yeah, I think Colburn would be the guy at uh, Louisville. You know what? But I- I'm not going to bash Bobby Petrino, man.
0: Uh, okay, let's well, not get see. Like I-, I tricked you again. You're right back on it. No, but he's no, a- I
1: agree. Yes, he would be. He would be the guy at Louisville right now. Absolutely, he's a hardworking okay. kid. He's healthy. He stays on the field. Uh, he's not—he's not Wake Forest's guy, but we're not going to get into a Wake Forest podcast either. So, all
0: right. Uh, those who don't know, we were talking about Matt Colburn, and then we went into technical difficulties because my computer froze. The podcast curse continues. Uh, but Dave, that wraps it up. You've talked—you found a way to talk about Louisville fifty different times. So uh, we will uh, save Kentucky Corner for another episode. Uh, moving on. Time for tweet of the week. Now, this one is relevant, mostly to me, because uh, it's talking about uh, my alma mater. So Roger Sherman, who works for The Ringer, and somehow managed to get the Twitter handle at Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R. That's pretty impressive. Rob can't even get, you know, one without an underscore in his name. He tweets, uh, number one, UCF keeps trucking its opponents by 30 every week. Number two, in the AP poll, primarily created by looking at last week's poll and bumping teams up or down, UCF rises uh, five to eight spots. Number three, the, play, the first playoff committee poll comes out in a month and ranks them no higher than 14th. And number four, uh, we riot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, we talked about this on – where did I say this? Was it on a podcast? I can't remember. I think it was on a podcast with uh, – it might have been with you it might have been with somebody but I at some point I said that I thought UCF should uh, would be the third or fourth best team in the ACC and uh, a bunch of UCF blogs picked up on that yeah.
1: uh, they'll definitely smash Louisville that's 16 mentions
0: okay <laughs> well guess what the person who primarily complained about that I promise you has already stopped listening so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can, I'm actually gonna see if I can get him to tough it out he was stocked down on Lackford too much Louisville talk that's what he said flat out
1: let him know who he is. Give him my address. Let him come through.
0: Yeah, catch catch you outside. I actually got stuck down a rabbit hole watching our girls say catch me outside uh, <laughs> uh, earlier t- <laughs> earlier today. So yo, shout uh,
1: out to UCF man. They're uh, only favored by four and a half over Memphis. So money line, jump on that yo. Take wait, wait. take the knights. They're only favored by four and a half. Yeah, negative four point five, baby. At Memphis, yo.
0: No is there home. is there a two missing from that? Uh...
1: <laughs> no, I'm telling you, money line, baby. Jump on. It. You heard it here first. Thank didn't Memphis Dallas lose it at home? Didn't Memphis lose at home to Tulane? I don't care who Memphis lost at home to. They ain't beaten UCF. So okay, let's
0: take a look at the old advanced. Uh, I like to dig into the number now that we're talking about it. Uh, the number – yes, yeah, 79% of bets on UCF and the line has moved up to uh, four and a half. So my guess would be it, it ends up higher than that. But uh, I but, don't know.
1: Whatever. Lock of the century. Oh, no. <laughs> Boy, you're, jinx,
0: you're jinxing my alma mater. That The win streak will come to an end now with no, all this. No, up.
1: no. The, the universe does not bend to Dave Lackford's will or misfortune. So pick yeah. UCF.
0: All right. Moving on. Um, we did not have uh, any interviews. We had no fact check. So it's time for rants and recommendations. So, Dave, I know you had a rant you wanted to talk about. So let's do something positive first. And I've probably recommended this before. But let me tell you something. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And guess what? It's like stepping back in time. Now, now, Dave, I know you grew up on the rough and tumble streets. There was no hardware stores with friendly people making keys and you know, rubbing your head and whatnot. Oh, there's
1: plenty of keys where I grew up.
0: Okay. <laughs> but in small, ta- okay, all right. in small town America, you know, you go into your local hardware shop in downtown and, you know, some old guy named Lloyd or Bud who was like a World War II veteran works in there. And he knows where everything is and knows how to fix everything and do everything somehow. And you wonder, well, if he knows how to do all this stuff, how do you end up working at a hardware store? Uh well, guess what? That's what Ace is. Anywhere you go, I was listening to another podcast today. They recommended an Ace Hardware in their hometown just saying, oh, this location is very helpful. I got news for you. It's every single one of them. There's one right by my house. I went in there the other day. I'm having issues with my dishwasher. And I see a guy. He's been bent down and he, he's got a button-up shirt on. And he's bent down. He's looking at something. I go, hey, uh, I'm having this issue with my dishwasher. Uh, you know, Do you think these screws will fix it? And he goes, well, I don't work here, but
1: <laughs> he, was just, he, was just,
0: he was just another customer. And guess what? He gave me the fix, and I can tell you that it worked. So uh, it's not just the employees. It's the customers all around. Uh, bring the whole family. Free popcorn when you walk in the door. Any place that has free popcorn. I actually went and got a car wash at this place the other day because it has free popcorn. And then I was like, you know what? I need to go pick up my chainsaw at Ace. And I walked in there and had a free popcorn, so that tells you. Now you know I'm not losing any weight, Dave. But this, uh, podca-
1: this podcast has been brought to you by Ace Hardware Store.
0: <laughs> Woody Sing the Jingle. Yeah, listen, they are not an official sponsor, but guess what? I would love it if they were. Uh, so get at us, uh, Ace. I think they're all locally owned and operated, though, so I'm not sure how that would work out. But uh, you
1: sounded great. You sounded like uh, Happy Gilmore at Subway right there. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm. I was. Listen, you know me. I'm jaded. I hate everything. I hate everyone. I hate all the stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love Ace. So uh, that's my recommendation. So, Any so,
1: time you get a reconda- recommendation from Woody, that is a ringing endorsement because he hates everything. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's, that's right, and everyone also. So Dave, what's your? You had something to complain about? Let's hear it. Yeah.
1: Look, man. I have to follow a bunch of 17, 16, 15, 8-year-old kids on Twitter as part of my uh, vocation, all right? Please, for the love of God, stop retweeting the retweet this or your tear your ACL, and then you have some gruesome picture of an injury. Okay, first of all, the universe does not work that way, okay? I, 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 every time I see a recruit, I don't care if you're a five-star, number one Rivals prospect overall, and you're from freaking right next door to me, and I got the scoop on your recruitment, I'm going to stop following you if you keep recruiting somebody's uh, leg ripped off in a, a Iraq <laughs> war wound. Well, see, I'm not trying to see that. That's terrible. It's stupid. That's not how the universe works. We're not in the dark ages anymore. Rise above. Go so, with science.
0: So for people who don't know, it's usually a grotesque disfigurement picture, The two that says retweet this. It's not just like a chain letter like back in the day. It's a – it is a gross, nasty picture of a like the TV show Scarred, if you remember that, with the host from Papa
1: Roach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I agree with you on that. But just stop stop that spam. I'm reporting you for spam. Also, um, stop adding me with 700 other people ats and you've done that. You've retweeted that five times with just nothing but ats. Like I work for Rivals.com. You can't say, hey, check out my huddle video and then add everybody from every other rival site and then the local newspaper and all that. Woody, how many times do you get that? I'm sure you get it a lot because you've got one that we were both added on and I instantly muted that kid and I will never pay attention to you again.
0: Okay. well. Chances are that the kids who uh, are trying to get in touch with you do not listen to this podcast. I can assure you. It's it's not not the kids.
1: No, no, no. It's not the kids that do it. It's their handlers. It's their coach. It's their dad. And I guarantee you they listen to this podcast. Stop doing that. My DMs are open for a reason. Just send me a DM. Don't do that because guess what? When you at 600 people, that gets retweeted 45 times and I'm in court trying to prosecute somebody for an assault four, and I'm in the middle of a trial and my phone's blowing up because you... That act keeps on getting retweeted and liked, so I'm muting that and I'm muting you, and I'm done with you. So okay, you send me a DM. That's my. Are you going to okay me and let's move along on my? Here's running.
0: the. Listen, I'm I'm piggybacking. That's piggyback, what the host piggyback. does. The bigger issue is people arguing with one another, which today happened to me because I was tagged in a tweet. I believe it was Florida State and West Virginia fans. That's, uh, that's weird. A weird crossover yeah but I mean it happens it happens uh nonstop with people you know arguing back and forth I actually got I got Purdue fans tweeting at me about Rondale Moore tonight uh deservedly so <laughs> yeah, not really I mean, <laughs> you know here's what I don't get here's what I don't get you've got a guy and you' t- you're ha- you're happy okay my team has a good player. Why is your first reaction? Let me go find the guy who ranked him when he was in high school and complain. I mean, that nobody's coming to pat me on the back when when Matt Elam is bad and I said he was gonna be bad. Okay. No one's coming to say, hey Woody, you're right. Not once. And no and no one's coming, hey Woody, you're right about Trevor Lawrence. He's pretty good. Good call.
1: Everybody was right about Trevor Lawrence. But let me let me have a coming to Jesus moment with you, Woody. Let's bury the hasher right now. In all fairness, Woody, you did say, Hey, why isn't why isn't Rondale coming to the, uh, the to the Nash to the to the local camp to, for me to evaluate him? And I said because he doesn't have to because you know twenty you know the others the other site kind of blew him up right. And you said well if I don't get to evaluate him, I, you can't expect me to bump him in the rankings because you know there there is some science to this. And he did not come to that to that camp. So I will admit. That he was invited to the camp and you didn't show up and you didn't get the lay your eyes on him personally and you can't vouch for a kid that you didn't see personally. So okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. I will totally admit that. And also, when I was re- recommending to him him to you. Um, you didn't see me at a bunch of camps. You didn't see me on a circuit. You didn't really know me like that. Uh, I was pretty much just, you know, a yeah, you were talking over. to
0: me about how people could lift 25 pounds.
1: No, 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 on no, their chest. no, 225 pounds.
0: Well, you've tight ty- you, but Dave, if I don't know you and you make a typo and I get a t- text from you saying, what you, you should rank this kid higher? He could bench 25 pound barbells on his chest. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. okay. Very, so very, can I. I do it every morning.
1: <laughs> very, very well. But I did send you the video of him with two. It doesn't matter. You're, you know what? I'm, I'm here. No, but, I'm, but, I'm, listen, I'm,
0: you're talking to yourself in a circle. Here's the issue. I did see him. I drove all the way to Kentucky to watch him play. And then we all saw him at the army game and we all decided he was a three star. So, I mean, this was not, you know, it's not because he didn't come to a rivals camp, which was the narrative that that people want to spin. The narrative was I didn't think he was I didn't think he was a four star I thought he was too small, and I was
1: wrong. So you know what that, you know what that is it that the, the the hatchet is buried and you're a, you're a bigger man than me for admitting you're wrong because I would never do that. So props to you.
0: Now, now last year at this time, uh, everyone was piling on me about Trey Smith who I didn't rank as a five star. Now, uh, you know we have access to Pro Football Focus, Dave. And I can tell you that Trey Smith is right now, probably not on track to be a first round pick. Now he was ranked as number 50 player in the country or 49. And if he goes in the second to fifth round of the draft in a couple of years, I will have turned out to be right. But once again, there won't be, you know, and I I had said, I think he's a guard. I don't think he's a tackle. And people say, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. And he's playing tackle this year and he struggled. And he played guard last year and he played better. So, you know, the problem is I cannot brag when I'm right, because <laughs> then I just look like a, like a jerk. Now you know I have no problem saying I told you so, uh, privately, but publicly I'm I cannot go out and brag about someone not being as good as they're supposed to because they're kids. That's why when someone does well, people are like, oh man, it sucks for you, and I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not rooting for Rondale Moore to be bad. <laughs>
1: Right, right now. See what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. I, I told him that to his face. I said, "Go to college and make me look like an idiot." You
1: did say you know that. What I mean? Yes, yes, and I can, I, I will attest to the fact that you did tell him and all his people that you know what? Who care? You actually said this. Who cares what I think? Go out there, prove me wrong, ball out, and get paid. And and I will back that up and I'll co-sign that and you're right. You're in a no-win situation and one day I hope to be a national guy ranking dudes and I that will be my cross to bear as well. And you're right. You can't just you can't go on here and be like, ha ha, I told you that kid was sorry. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now, I can I can via text
0: messages to Mike Farrell uh, and Adam Gorney, uh, and, or, and me, and me, and you, whoever. <laughs> but I would never say it publicly because it's just not. I mean, and like I said, not celebrating a kid doing poorly. I'm just celebrating being. You know, when we have a disagreement.
1: Uh, yeah, and we all want these kids to succeed. That's another thing. You know, a, a lot of fans on the message board will say, you know. Um, the national guys rank this kid low because they don't like the team he committed to, and that's so, so not true. Nobody, nobody is out here rooting for failure so that uh, oh, haha, I look so smart because I ranked that kid as a two star. Because as petty as Woody is. He's not that petty. I promise you, Woody is not that petty. And <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. But you're not. You're this- not. You're not, bro. Give yourself some credit every now and then. You're not that petty, dude. And <laughs> and, and you know you got a review on the on the um, iTunes where it was like, oh, they never admit when they're wrong. I think that's totally false. I think that, I think the national guys do a great job of creating content saying, you know what, we were wrong about this kid. And it's okay to be wrong about this kid because how many national analysts are there for rivals? Not that many, you know. And you're covering the entire country. You're going to miss. You're going to miss, you know. And it's not a. It's not an affront to uh, the kid or the family or anything like that. It's just. It's just human error. This isn't a perfect science. People got to chill out a little bit, you know what I mean? Relax, calm down. Dude, like you said, you know, kid is getting off. He's he's going to be the uh, – Rondale is going to be the Big Ten freshman of the year this year, and scouts are looking at him, and he, he may actually end up getting drafted early and getting a guaranteed contract in NFL, making millions of dollars. Why would you care what Woody Walmack thought of you coming right. out of high school?
0: Especially later in the process, and I told this to – uh to a quarterback who is now at a Power 5 school, and he blocked me on Twitter afterwards. I I I told him, I said, look around. I said, look at all the guys out here. I said, what do you care what we think? You're going to the school you want for free. That's the goal, right? Yeah. You know? And then the kid blocked me on Twitter right after that. So Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. I thought we squashed it, but we didn't squash it. And uh, And what
1: about all those tweets about, you know, like lions don't care about the opinions of sheep. Right? You know, sheep ain't in the same environment of lions. You know what I mean? But, you know, don't care about what, what we have to say. You know what I mean? We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect out here, especially when we're trying to translate a high school kid that we see as a junior to the NFL. And that's not a knock on the rankings. It's just like we're out here trying to, apply uh, perfect science to something that is based on human performance there's injuries involved there's grades involved there's um psychology involved you know a kid from some rural town might go to a big city school or might go a thousand miles away from where they grew up and they just don't make it and they were ranked as a four or five star it, it, Things happen. Yeah, there's a lot man. of variables. Life happens. Yeah, there's so many confounding variables in this equation that you can't act like we're scientists that said if we mix element A with element B, you'll get result A. You know, this isn't hard science. It's sociology.
0: Well, we got way off track of rants and recommendations. So I will not give my rant this week. It is uh, applicable to next week, and I will talk to it because it is Halloween related, as I still have a couple Halloween rants Uh you know, always up my sleeve. So I got a quick wacky story of the week. Uh, Dave, I want to get your opinion on this. I have not told you this story. So Instagram, uh, Dave, I you, I know you followed me recently. Yes. Uh, I did not follow you back. As is uh,
1: on brand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, what, uh, I, I would be interested to see what you post on Instagram. Is your account private or public? No,
1: it's public. Everything's public. I don't tweet into the void.
0: Okay, so so check out uh, Rivals Dave uh, on Instagram. And I'm Rivals Woody if you guys want to follow us. Uh, boy, you were on TV. Look at this. Who put you on? Rivals Recruiting Rider on WLKY. Could you wear a tie and a jacket next time you go on TV
1: representing my company, Dave? Shout out to my man Dan Coop. It was the middle of summer. It was 100 degrees and they didn't pay me to go on there. So I am not wearing a jacket and a Dave. tie. You catch me at district court, I'll be in a jacket and a tie looking real sharp. But if, you are pay, if you're not paying me, I'm not sweating.
0: Dave, where it's, – it's cool. The whole idea of a TV studio is it's cool in there. You might not have known before you went there to do that. They
1: had time. me outside ringing the bell for like five minutes in the heat before I even got in there. <laughs> Hell no. Okay.
0: So speaking of TV, this is perfect. So, you know, I follow some other media types on Instagram, at Rivals Woody, as mentioned earlier. And uh, – this one, who shall rename, name, remain nameless, uh, is a local TV sports reporter. And uh, they were out in L.A. covering the Braves, playing the Dodgers in uh, some form of uh, MLB playoffs. NLDS, I believe, is what it was. Braves already eliminated, right? I don't watch baseball, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, they're gone. Me neither. they gone. So she goes to a popular restaurant in California, and this restaurant is a chain of restaurants. I believe it's a nationwide chain, and it is called Egg Slut. Are you familiar with it? (laughs) No. Okay. Now, before you say, before Bill Troche says, Woody, you you need to, you know, you can't say the S word on the radio, on the podcast. Yeah, no, no,
1: no S shaming on this pod.
0: Let me tell you something. There's one in Beirut, okay? There's one in LA. There's one in Glendale. Uh, there's one in Las Vegas. This is a national chain of restaurants or rapidly expanding called Egg Slut, okay? okay. So, uh, I she went to that place and posted uh, on her story and said, hey, you know, I, uh, I like this place. Um, I like this place. Thanks for the recommendation. But she covered up she only it only said egg s right. She covered it with her finger. Mm, so I mess. Bit. So so I messaged her and said, "LOL, I can't believe you covered it." And she responded, "Oh, without a doubt, I'm going to cover it." And I said, "But it's the name of the restaurant in public. Like it's not." You know what I'm saying? This is not a, this is a breakfast restaurant for families. This is not a strip club or whatever you want to say, right?
1: Right. This isn't this isn't locker room egg talk, right? Here.
0: Okay. Right. So you know what she says to me, Dave?
1: Yes. What's she say? She says, "You do you." Ah, that's a good response. That's that's a very empowered response, right there. Okay. So how do you think
0: I took that response? Poorly. <laughs> right. So I said, you know what? I don't. I'm not having this conversation. So I went. I just hit the unfollow
1: button, right? Mm -hmm. Keep it moving. Keep me from saying something stupid, right? That's the best policy with you, and I think you should stick with that,
0: right? And and people always say, "Woody, why'd you mute me on Twitter? Why'd you block me on Twitter?" It, well, it must've really got under your skin. No, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I'm protecting myself from myself.
1: This is smart. This is very good. You, you are a wise man. You need supervision and you're self, self-supervising right now. So. Right. Exactly. So uh,
0: this person then, re- then sends a message that says, my boss wouldn't be too happy with that. So I'm trying to avoid drama. Now, had she sent that message before you blocked her, you would have before, – No, before you do you, I would have been like, oh, that makes sense, right? hmm Well, at this point, the toothpaste is out of the tube, right? You can't put it back in. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I've tried. It does. So then she says, you unfollowed me, LOL. <laughs> I love the LOL at the end. At which point, how do you, which I didn't realize people could tell when you unfollowed them on Instagram. Oh yeah,
1: because you- they just look at your profile and it does. It says um it, it says you're not following them. Yeah, yeah it's easy. No, it
0: doesn't. Where, yeah, where does, it it does it say that?
1: If you go to Instagram right now and you okay, I, I'll unfollow you right now. And if you look at me, it will. It'll show that I'm not following you anymore. Or do you, or there's an app to tell who didn't – like on Twitter, there's okay. a crowdfire. So you can tell who unfollowed right.
0: you. Yeah, but that's – right now it says follow back on yours if I go to your page, right?
1: Yeah, follow, smash that while you're at it,
0: bro. Okay. Well, no, but that doesn't point the exercise. So unfollow me.
1: Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Was it Rivals Woody? Uh, yeah. Rivals Woody. Rivals Woody. Hold on. I got really fast fingers. All right. So I just unfollowed you. Now look okay. on there. Does it say anything? No, I go to it and
0: it just says follow. But it, I'm saying if she's already following me, I'm not following how you she, back.
1: By the way, <laughs> how does she know? How does she know that I unfollowed her? I mean, she has an app that tells her when somebody unfollowed her on one of the social media sites. So for Twitter, there's CrowdFire, and it lets you know who unfollows you. And I'm sure Instagram has the same app. That's that's my logical take on it. Well, okay, so she obviously unfollowed me
0: (laughs) shortly thereafter, uh, you know, at which point I told her, you know, uh, I said, I wasn't trying, after she said, you unfollowed me, LOL, I said, I wasn't trying to get an argument over with it. I wasn't trying to get into an argument over it. She said, I wasn't, that small makes you unfollow me, question mark, exclamation
1: point. You just need to – you know what, Woody? You are one person who is very comfortable in your own skin. So I feel like the honesty is the best policy approach works for you. And you should have just said, I unfollowed you for my own protection. It's all good. It's still love. Who gives you? Oh, oh, I shouldn't I should have said that. But it's the truth, right? I mean, like – for real, for real, for real, y'all. Like I don't have any hard feelings that you don't know, follow me on Twitter. I've unfollowed friends in real life on Twitter, like radio guys here in Louisville who I always get into arguments with over Twitter. And I just unfollow them. They unfollow me and then we still DM each other and, and they get it. You know, so those are your real friends. The people that you can unfollow on social media and they're like, like, like not mad at you about it. Those are your real friends cuz they understand that like you guys have a toxic social media relationship but you're cool outside of that. Right? I mean that that's next level um emotional intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Well,
0: chances are uh chances are I won't be talking to this person anytime soon because it's not the TV station I go on and uh you know, it's a competitor. So guess what?
1: You know, now now we're at war, Dave. <laughs> oh, well, that's not that's not cool. Let me ask you this. Did you do, do you enjoy your interactions with her?
0: Uh, for the most part, I do have some issues with uh, you know, taking pictures with athletes you cover and stuff like that. I do find that, you know, uh, I find that more egregious than putting the word the name of a restaurant up on your feed.
1: Eh, I, I can't argue with that, but at the same time, See somebody that you genuinely enjoy conversation with. If so, I would say mend that bridge because not a lot of people like talking to you, Woody. <laughs> well, add so her the to company the list. excluded.
0: Add her to the list because I won't be talking to her ever again. You're blacklisted uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, and guess what? You went to a chain. You went to a chain restaurant. You didn't get a good restaurant recommendation. You went to a chain. Want to just go to IHOP next time? Okay.
1: Yeah. Who, uh, who took me to? Um, the Cheesecake Factory. Was it was it Coach Brown? It was, it was I am pretty sure it was the Michigan guys. I was
0: gonna say, was it an NBA player? They love uh, Cheesecake Factory.
1: No, it was that it was at the five star challenge where we walked across the street to the to the mall and I,
0: Yeah, well yeah, you guys vanished. Where did I go? I went somewhere else. We lost you. We went to like Johnny's Hideaway or something. I should have. I
1: should have went to my people who live in actual like little Five Points and went out there in Atlanta. But I, you know, I, I went the lazy route, walked across the street, and I cheesecake. Uh, the, the the okay, all the, right, right, yeah, all right. I can't can we, say the name of that place, but it was trash.
0: Okay, all right. This podcast is never going to come out because it's going to have to be edited. We don't have an editor. Uh, Dave Barry's going to have to bleep out cuss words and, and and the name of the restaurant it's over it's over
1: and also you you screwed it up 40 minutes in and now we're 27 minutes into right. that 40 minute that's, section so
0: that's what i'm saying the podcast is ruined that's day the week day of the week though listen it just don't post it then you know what i mean don't post if you're that worried about the name of the place you know of the denny's or wherever you're going to eat that's a chain restaurant <laughs> while, you're, <laughs> while, while you're traveling don't post the name of it but you know don't act like oh i'm so cool and edgy i went to this edgy named restaurant and then not follow through and post it all the way
1: this podcast brought to you by denny's and egg slut and ace hardware <laughs> and <laughs> it's Look, egg factory
0: Okay, all right. So that wraps it up, Dave. I do not think we got another iTunes review. I tell you what, rating—we're in the tank. We we need a ranking. We need a ratings boost. We need some fans. Where are our diehard fans? Are they getting tired of us? You know, Rob often says he gets tired of podcasts. Are people tired of us? We have different hosts on every week. It's willy nilly. We're just grinding right now. We're 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 grinding. We hope the audience is sticking with us. Please leave us a review. We are three away from one hundred. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you think. Preferably give us a good review. Uh, But uh, you know, keep it one hundred. We'll take a bad Uh, review
1: at this point. Just just three more reviews. Trash us. We don't care.
0: Get us okay. Excuse me. We we here's the pro, here's what happens. People are take. I don't know if people are taking reviews away or if reviews are expiring, but we did get a new review. But we're still at ninety seven.
1: I'm gonna call this, my friends in the Illuminati and get this fixed.
0: Okay. Well, we're getting as a bad review for throwing stuff around your house or whatever you're doing. We got a review from Donkey three four one nine eight <laughs> four, and he left a five star review and said. Eh, E-H-H, period. So that's where we're at. Yeah. We're, we're
1: shout, we, out, shout out to Donkey, the Russian bot. You
0: know what I mean? You know, we need you, people. So uh, that's it. We'll be back on Sunday with a new episode. Hopefully I can find a guest to do the show with me. If not, it might be Lackford might be back. Your boy. Um, it's
1: your boy, Lackford.
0: But you get, you know, we don't need you talk. You gave out way too many stats last time, I think. So uh, we also, reminder – Check out our other podcast, Armchair Quarterback, if you like me and Dave. We've been uh, scrambling to do a new episode. I think we're going to have one up soon talking about Ballers, uh, talking about American Vandal Season 2. Which was was awesome, by the way. Yeah, Dave loved it. Everybody loved it. It's comedic genius. People think, oh, Woody, it's a show about poop. You're so immature. The show is comedic genius. It should win an Emmy. It should have won an Emmy last year. Sure win it again this year. So watch that. Check out our other feed. It's called Armchair Quarterback. Search for it on iTunes. And we'll be back with an episode on Sunday. My boy, M. Deuce, uh, play us out, man.